This program is brought to you by Bible Media, under the oversight of the elders of the Chipman Road Congregation in Lee Summit, Missouri. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 116 is going to be from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Read, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. And this is what Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 is talking about. In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1, the world has a very conskewed view on this passage. Judge not that ye be not judged. They like to take this passage and say all judging is wrong. But that's not what this passage is saying. It's saying judge properly. When you judge, judge righteously. John chapter 7 and verse 24. In verse 2 it says, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This verse implies that there is going to be judgment that comes. You just must judge properly. Because how you judge others is how you yourself is going to be judged. And if you have a plank in your own eye, you can't see clearly to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. It would not be possible to have your own sight obstructed by this great big plank and then take a speck out of your brother's eye. Trying to protest sinful living while living in sin is hypocritical, and it simply will not work. We can't help anybody until we first help ourselves and stop living in sin. In verses 4 and 5, that's what this verse is talking about. Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Once you get that plank out of your own eye, you'll be able to see to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. But while that plank is still there, you can't protest his sinful living when you're living in sin right alongside of him. In Psalm chapter 1 and verses 1 through Six, the Bible says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river of waters, that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel 
not in the counsel of the ungodly. God is not going to bless the man that walks in the counsel of the ungodly, or stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. If you are standing in the path of sinners and walking right along with them, if you're sitting in that seat of the scornful, then God is not going to bless you. He's going to bless those who delight in his law and meditate in it. And this meditation in the law of the Lord is going to plant you like a tree that has plenty of water and the leaves do not wither. It's going to be strong because its root is strong. And it's not going to be able to be blown over. It's not going to be able to, to be torn up or yanked out. It's going to be firm and steadfast. In Micah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, the Bible reads, Hear now what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O you mountains, the Lord's complaint, and you strong foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a complaint against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you, and how have I wearied you? Testify against me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt, I redeemed you from the house of bondage, and I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him, from Achaia Grove to Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord, and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly? And this is exactly what he requires of us today. He He wants us to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before him. This is what he requires of us. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. We cannot tell others to do this and to be godly while we ourselves are being ungodly. This is the type of thing that we need to put away from us so that we can help people come to God. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 through 11, the Bible says, Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrine and the commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear and understand, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, But what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. If we're doing this today, if we're saying we love God, but we're not keeping his commandments, we're not doing the things in which he has told us to do in his word, then we are doing the very same thing that these people were doing here. And Jesus said in verse 9, In vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. If we are not keeping God's commandments, honoring him, 
by loving him and keeping his commandments, then our worship to him is in vain. If we come here and we worship him the way that he wants to be worshipped, but then we go out into the world and we live however we want to live, and we do not keep his commandments out there, but only when we're sitting in these pews, then our worship to him when we come and meet together with him is in vain. We need to be making sure that we're drawing near to God with our lips, with our hearts, and in our worship. Because if we're not, our worship is in vain. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. And so if we are only being right before God's eyes while we are in the assembly, then we cannot protest the sinful living of everybody in the world. Because we're sinning right along with them. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we that died to sin live any longer therein? Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. We need to make sure that we've truly died to sin. So that we can go out into the world and live the way that God wants us to live. And bring as many people to him as we possibly can. In Romans chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10, the Bible reads, Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patience continue in doing good, seek for glory, honor, and immortality, But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does, does evil, of the Jew first and also the Greek, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You see, we cannot be this way. We cannot be the person that's condemning sin and then going right out and doing the same things. Because if we're doing that, God is going to condemn us. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. We have to come out from that. We have to separate ourselves from this type of sinful living and make sure that we are being obedient to the truth so that we're not storing up for ourselves indignation and wrath. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. We're to die. We're to be crucified with Christ. We are to transform ourselves by the renewing of our mind. And so we cannot live in sin and expect God to forgive our sin. We have to come out of it. We have to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable to God.
In Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25, the Bible says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. If we're practicing these works of the flesh, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. We have to be practicing the fruit of the Spirit in order to inherit the kingdom of God. And when we practice the fruit of the Spirit, we crucify the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. We must walk in the Spirit. If we're not walking in the Spirit, then we can't teach others to walk in the Spirit. We cannot do whatever the world wants us to do and expect to be able to teach others to live godly. They'll see right through that. And that's one of the reasons why the church in so many places today is dying. is because people can see right through their hypocrisy. You say, come to church, but you don't show up to church yourself. You say, don't do this, don't do that. But those are the things that you're doing out in the world. You say not to love the money, but you're skipping worship services so you can go out and make more money and have more things. Which way is it? Are we to live godly or worldly? Because we confuse the world in so many ways when we try to do both. And people are not going to come to God when we're trying to live both ways. We're trying to have our cake and eat it too. And it does not work. We cannot love both God and mammon or money. It's not possible. You cannot straddle the fence and expect to be a servant of God. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. Nobody will listen. And if we want to be the church that is evangelizing the world and bringing more people to God, we've got to put away our sinful practices and start living for Him. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses uh, 1 through 5, the Bible says, Now the Spirit expressly says, In latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and condemning to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. And so we see here, we can't be the one speaking lies and hypocrisy. Because if we do, the longer that we live in hypocrisy, the easier it becomes to justify it. The longer we justify it, the easier it becomes to the point of time in which at some point we're going to sear our conscience and we're not going to care that we're living in sin. We're going to continue living in sin and we're going to try to tell others, well, don't look at what I'm doing. Look at what God tells you to do. And that simply will not work. A Christian must live godly in order to protest sinful living. A person of God cannot protest sinful living while living in sin. And the longer that you live in sin, the closer you come 
to searing your conscience with a hot iron to the point where you no longer care. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Byway Media by visiting our website, bywaymedia.org. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.